Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Monday, January 31st. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another amazingly, spectacularly magnificent show coming up for you tonight. Alan Crater of New York Times will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm good, Shawnee. How are you? I'm also okay. Uh, survived the blizzard. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. So I'm doing all right. How about you? Did you get a lot of snow by you, buddy? It was snowy. Yeah. There was snow. Did a little shoveling? I did not. Oh, how nice for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. You had somebody do it for you? Eh, kind of. Oh, okay. Well, must be nice. Well, I did plenty of shoveling, but uh, I'm okay. My back's all right. I don't know. You've been complaining about it the whole t- ever it since might, I got here. Maybe it was a little sore. I did a lot of shoveling. But anyway, I'm here. You're here. We're going to talk hockey. Thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. I want to remind you all, we are thrilled to be presented by RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill located at 279A Sunrise Highway. In Rockville Center, it is the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game. Head down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HDTVs, and in-game sound. Also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. They're an official partner of the New York Islanders. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for all their great offerings. And happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And thrilled to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations at the Islanders' brand new home in UBS Arena, and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can also visit the Tap Room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages. And of course, viewers, remember to get your questions in for the Questions Brewing segment brought to you by... Oyster Bay Brewing Company, and Christian, it was a one-and-two week for the Islanders. Once again, they beat a team they're supposed to, and then they drop two in a row to teams that are in playoff position that they just can't seem to figure out a way to beat. They find themselves, once again, a game under 500. What do you say, C.A.? Well, it was a, uh, a certainly a rough week for the Islanders, who, for the most part, Played well. I mean, you got to say they played well in, against Minnesota on Sunday. Uh, they played. Yeah, they played. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, they played well for the most part against Minnesota. The problem has been consistently for the last couple games mm. is their inability to not give up a couple early goals. And yeah. um, that's really been the downfall. I did want to start off by mentioning, though, aside from the game, I wanted to, to give the Islanders a head nod, if you will. 
uh, for their honoring of the late uh, yes. New York Islanders owner Charles B. Wong, who was uh, honored with a plaque uh, inside the arena, UBS Arena, on on Sunday night. Held a little bit of, I guess, of a, a, a mid-game ceremony during yes. the second period. Yes. Um, instead of a full-blown one before the game or, or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it, was, it was certainly a well-deserved honor for, for Charles, who spent so much of his time as Islanders owner early on spending money to bring talented players to the New York Islanders and getting them back into the playoffs and, you know, kind of heralding, heralding in a little bit of a, a resurgence for the Islanders after what was a very rough 1990s as a whole for them outside of 90, rough decade, give or take a couple 94 years. making to the yeah. playoffs getting swept up split by the rangers on their way to a stanley cup championship and then it was really all downhill from there at that point and yeah, so yeah. you had to go the whole way on that one huh oh no i wanted to yeah, um, yeah. no i know oh no i know yeah um yeah. and then he's a heel and then kind of his his purchase of the of the franchise in the in the late 2000 in the late 1990s early 2000s the islanders go on and and you know, they make the playoffs for the first time in, in what was it? Ages. ages I think that was, use, yeah, yeah. Ages. A while. Uh, in 2002. Uh, and, and Charles Wong really never gave up in trying to get the New York Islanders a home, a permanent home on Long Island. Even when he brought the team to Brooklyn, he still was a big reason why the Islanders ended up at Belmont Park. Um, and then where you currently have UBS Arena. There was a story in Newsday a couple of years ago after the Islanders had won the um bid to develop the land at UBS Arena, develop the land at Belmont Park, mm-hmm. where Charles had actually sat down with someone from from the New York Racing Authority and um, the state and was one of the first people to kind of facilitate this and put this 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 idea out there. So, uh, you know, a lot of the credit for the Islanders still being here, a lot of cr- the credit for the Islanders being at UBS Arena and, and the beautiful facility that they have now and that John Ledecky and Scott Malcolm were able to bring to life goes back to Charles Wong. And if you kind of want to take it a step further as well, you could almost say this winter Olympics is almost a nod to him as well, because the, the, Mm. you know, it'll winter games will be in China, right? Charles Wong spent a lot of time trying to bring the game of hockey to China and and develop players and, and make that sort of what the NBA has had over the last decade or so in their foothold of, the, the Chinese marketplace and, and their relevancy, not only just in the United States and North America, but really as a global brand. And, and Charles was one of the first people in the game of hockey, really, to kind of have that same foresight. And you look back at, at kind of the ridicule that he got for trying to do that, especially when, you know, the idea of having the Islanders play or, or have training camp in China for two weeks. Um, you know, that was, oh, yeah. that was dragged through the mud. And when you think about that now, the, the marketing possibilities for the franchise and the organization and the, the global footprint it could have had for the, for the team and the sport, I mean, would have been phenomenal, but certainly great on the Islanders and, and John Lecky and Scott Malkin, yeah. who've always done a great job of really heralding the, the past that the Islanders have had from everybody who's played a game here to everyone, to people who have, you know, hall of famers and legends and, you know, former owners. Yeah, he certainly did think outside the box. <laughs> and he also, you know, he was a, I suppose, he, you could say a divisive figure among Islander fans. Some people applauded him. Some people weren't so thrilled with his ownership. But the bottom line is, he is a gigantic reason why this team is still on Long Island. And even if you go back and you look at the whole Barclay situation, as much as people, as much as it didn't work out, as much as people didn't like it, the Barclay Center was a necessary evil for this team to ultimately end up staying on Long Island. It was a stepping stone to keep them here. They had nowhere else to go. And then, you know, as it's been documented, he helped to usher in the Belmont situation. And, and look, I mean, he went, there was a lot of struggles with this franchise when he owned the team. And and again, you may not love everything he, he did, all the decisions that he made, 
But uh, he definitely has a lot to do with why they are not in Kansas City, Quebec, or anywhere else. So so hats off to the Islanders for, for you know, giving him a little bit of an honoring there. And hats off to Charles Wayne. Although it seems like uh, the Arizona Coyotes are about a step in a skip away from ending in Kansas City, Quebec, or Houston, it seems like. so. I, I've been saying Houston for a long yeah. time. I mean, I, for their fans, I hope they stay. And obviously, they're saying all the right things. I mean, me, this whole we haven't even talked about this yet. That whole temporary situation where they Playing might at the ASU Arena, five thousand stands. Yeah, that would be. That is just. I mean, all of a sudden, that's that's acceptable by the league. I feel like that something like that would have been crazy talk not too long ago. And I, I think the Islanders' situation kind of opened the door to bring it back around to the Islanders, and not to spend the whole time talking about this. But I think the Islanders' situation opened the door for something like this to happen for another franchise that. You had, uh, you know, needing a, a sort of a temporary home base while they build a new facility. Now, that being said, nothing seems like it's set in stone no. for the Coyotes either. They just need a pl- place to play at least next year, and then maybe if there's a more stronger foothold. I, I mean, I don't think the I don't a, I don't think the Players Association is going to go with for, go for that because that just sounds crazy, and they have to agree to this. And two, I, I mean, it just never seems like there is a a actual plan in place to get the Coyotes a new arena, but certainly uh, a situation that Islander fans can sympathize with, oh, with yeah. Coyotes fans. Well, I'm, I'm sure we sound a lot like hockey markets outside of Long Island when all this stuff was going on with the Islanders, right? Yeah. Like the stuff that we're saying it sounds awful. sounds like they're gone. I mean, how many people probably said the Islanders are toast, they're moving, it's going to happen? And, you know, unfortunately for Coyotes fans, I mean, from this vantage point, that's it looks like a slow bleed out, you know? Yeah, well, that's the whole thing has been been crazy yeah it, it has, has been well best of luck to, to arizona yeah yeah so moving on <laughs> talking about the islanders we talked about the the one and two streak this week and once again struggling mightily against playoff teams 214 and two now i believe is the record against playoff teams which of course is not going to get it done the record sits at 15 16 and 6 37 games played 36 points now 17 points behind the boston bruins for the last wild card, still with five games in hand. So once again, they haven't even hit the halfway point. They're still, what, 41? 40, you got about 45 games left if I'm doing math right. Yeah. So you have over half a season to go. You can still get hot. You can still get back in the mix. But is has anything that they've done up until this point really inspired confidence that this is a team that can get back in the playoff contention? At this point, no. I think, I mean, just to be honest, no, with you, I'm with you. I, I mean, they've been outscored 61 to 30 by play, by playoff, by teams in playoff spots at the moment, 61 to 30. Mm, now, double. granted, as Andrew had pointed out when we had him on a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. some of those games came against the playoff teams when the Islanders were in the middle of their, right. their situation with COVID. That being said, though, the Islanders are still not playing well even before COVID hit, even before these other issues, these other non-hockey specific issues kind of reared their ugly head and that became a problem so it compounded it sure but uh, you know you look at the islanders body of work this season from the, the beginning of the year even to, to their recent stretch even when they're playing good hockey they're still not able to get out of their own way well the thing is now there's a bigger sample size since the covid guys being out since the injuries right the only guy who's out really now is ryan pollock the, right. the big main guy right and they've played washington toronto la wild all losses, all of them. Yeah, 
and with as close to a healthy lineup as as you can as you can say, are we going to use an excuse for Pollock? No, I don't, you can't at this point. I mean, close to a full roster, and they're beating the teams they're supposed to, but they can't seem to get out of their own way in these games against playoff teams. And and you, you just mentioned it. Look, they started all three games this week down two nothing against a team like the Flyers. Yeah, you can come back. I, I had a feeling that was going to happen, and it did. But you, you go down two nothing to LA, who's who's to me has proven to be a better team this season than I expected. Yeah, but they're yeah. they're a good team this season, so that's the bottom line. And then you see the same thing happen against Minnesota. And I tweeted it after they went down two nothing. I said I would be thoroughly impressed if they came back and won that game, just because of how these games against playoff teams have gone. A team like the Wild, who's great, they've been on a tear recently. Like, was anybody confident that was going to happen? Now they had a well. The funny thing is, after they made a two to one. They were the better team pretty much for the rest of the game. They carried the play. They had 43 shots on goal, their their highest total in a while. And it looked like they were going to give themselves a shot. But when you go down 2-0 against a team like that and you're not getting the goaltending you've kind of come to expect from Ilya Sorokin, and you're kind of behind the eight ball there. And, and it was two straight games of too little too late where they get the teaser goal to come within one, right? But they just couldn't, you know, finish it. And, and a lot has to do with this offense on this team that's just been struggling mightily. You have guys like Pajot, Bailey, Palmieri, who's been back. We'll talk about him later, who just seem to be, you know, they're getting, they're actually getting opportunities. They're getting in good spots for goals. But it seems like the majority of the shots are either going in the logo of the goalie or, or over the net. And it's just, it's all this stuff is compounding. And, 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 I guess in that respect, maybe there's hope if they start raising their shooting percentage that they can start winning some of these games. But it's nothing's going right against these playoff teams, and, and we're just going to keep talking about it until time completely runs out that the, the clock's ticking here. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knows that uh, for the most part, it seems like anyway. I think that, you know, you look at... I know everyone's up in arms, you know, as, as always with, with social media and everything, but you look at what people, how people have reacted to certain roster decisions and, and certain decisions by the coaching staff it's it's, Mm. and some of the words it it is kind of maddening sometimes to hear you know them taking sort of these these positive approaches to a game even even a game like last night it's Mm. it's it's a loss and the islanders can't really afford too many too many losses at this point anymore margin for error is very slim there's none i mean there really is none so Mm. it it, it's a tough spot it's a rough spot to be in and the islanders i think have kind of done themselves no favors by their lack of offense and even when they get their offense going of course that's the one night Ilya sorokin kind of has exactly has maybe one of his lesser performances of the year for sure maybe his yeah so i mean like that 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 just kind kind of compounds and, and kind of is the islander season in a nutshell right even when things are going right something's going wrong that's pretty much it on the nose. Well, folks, want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY and your favorite podcast providers. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Alan Crada of New York Times will join us. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. R.J. Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, your home for New York Islanders hockey.
Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. Or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com. That's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to. That's your cue, yeah. It's amazing. Sean told me when to when this song, this particular intro, I was supposed to jump in at a certain point, and I totally spaced on the uh, the timing of that because, to be honest, I don't really pay attention when Sean talks to me before the show. Anyway, welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. Christian Arnold, Sean Cuthbert with you, as always. At some point during the week. I was going to say every Sunday, but the show kind of fluctuates every depending week. on the schedule. Every, yeah, week. every week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday sometimes. Who knows? But it is that time of the show on the line brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology. And with us on the line is Alan Crater from the New York Times. Alan, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm very good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Probably doing a little bit better than the New York Islanders at the <laughs> moment. But certainly good. a lot to go over. Um with it, but I did, Alan. I did want to just get your first impressions on the the um, the honoring of the late Charles Wong last night at the at the UB. I was going to say Nassau Coliseum, but I meant UBS Arena. Uh, the Islanders paying homage to him. You know, obviously Charles has played such a uh, you know he's such a little bit of a lightning rod when it comes to his place in Islanders lore. But what did you make what what did you make of the ceremony and the and the moment and, and kind of Charles's legacy with the franchise? Completely deserved, Charles probably literally saved the islanders on long island if not for him they probably would have moved to the proverbial kansas city or quebec or somewhere that wants a team could have a team if he didn't quite get it done with the whole what turned into sort of a brooklyn fiasco but it it kept the islanders in the area when of course somehow they should have basically built what's at belmont at where the nassau coliseum is was still is he kept the team in the area while they figured it out after that referendum, crushing referendum loss in 2011. So he, he did a lot. He did a lot. His heart was in the right place. It wasn't always easy. The team wasn't winning for many years that he owned them. We all know that he kept budgets low or salary cap floors or lower when there was no salary cap. So the product wasn't what it could have been often, but there was still a team there. The team never left. The fan base has to be grateful for that. Now they have a beautiful new home at Belmont Park, state-of-the-art, well-deserved, very nice. Not not the same crazy energy of the Coliseum, but nothing can be. But they're home. They have a home, and Charles Wong has to be given credit for basically keeping the team in the area while 
situations moved forward and he, he found a new ownership group that came on and John Ledecky and Scott Malkin have certainly become the face of the franchise and, and paying homage to, to the, the, the former owner ownership group was, it was a key move, a very nice move. And I know John Ledecky's held Charles Wong in high esteem his whole time. He spent a couple of years just learning the ropes while he was still a minority owner from Charles, who was still the majority owner until they took over officially. So it, it all, it all sort of fits together. Unfortunately, Charles passed in 2018, but, his spirit's alive, alive and well where the island is played today. No doubt about it. Hey, Alan, Sean here. And just want to take it to the ice with the Islanders. Just before you came on, we were talking about this kind of, I guess, narrative that's taken on a life of its own with these Islanders where, you know, they're starting to get the job done against teams they're supposed to beat, but it seems like every time they come come to face a playoff team, that's where the struggles begin. And, you know, you might focus on one thing that goes wrong in one game and another thing in another game, but the bottom line is every time they step out on the ice against the playoff team, they're having a really hard time picking up points. And and why do you think that is with this squad who who's obviously had their share of struggles since the season began? It's a curious situation. It, it could be the, the so-so starts, you fall behind at all from against a really good team. It's, it is harder to come back. They're, they're not as swift as they've been in recent years. They're missing a player like Nick Letty, who just made the offense go from the back end. They just don't have him have that kind of player. Chara, Zanino Chara does the job he can do at 44, but essentially that was the replacement, and that's a totally different type of player so i think they're just they're not charging up the ice in the same manner they i think they even miss a johnny boychuk back there doing what he was doing so i think it starts on the back end they're doing the job but they're not offensively doing the job and and falling behind just a little bit it's, they're hampered and then they're just not getting enough scoring from enough places it's just what's been befuddling them the whole season just just not enough uh Pajot is scoring lately he's got five but Kyle Palmieri's been hurt he's got he's got one I mean it's just it's a lot to ask and against good teams they make you pay sooner in the game uh, so last night they, they fell behind two nothing to a very good Minnesota team and just played a good game after that but just couldn't quite overcome it and that's what happens against better teams maybe against the Coyotes or the Kraken you can you can swing that two nothing uh deficit your way more often than not mm -hmm. but not easy to do against penguins capitals hurricanes etc so i think it's just an overall something's different with the team they're missing key pieces they miss a jordan everly too it, i think also at some level they're somehow they were tired coming into this year from the two playoff long runs a lot of mileage a lot of mental energy no matter how much rest you get it was short rest then you come into this year all the weird expectations or the weirdness of the 13 game road trip eight game losing streak with no points i mean then you're up against it right from the beginning of, of every game going forward so that's what happens when you fall behind i don't i don't think they play a different style depending on the opponent i don't see that at all i just think they're they're just not as fast as some of these uh, bigger, fat, younger teams. You see it. You see it, especially with the Western Conference opponents. They're just this bigger, faster, and then Barry Trotz. They built that team. The coaching staff is really for playoff success, but the long grind of eighty-two games. They haven't really done that in a while. This is the first time since eighteen nineteen. They'll do. They they will do that. So they're a playoff-built team that's now trying to get a, through a regular season from behind. 
with missing pieces, with underperforming pieces, not to mention the COVID messes of those weeks where they really fell behind. So it, it's a tough one. I, I think it's just not getting off the good starts. It's not even how they end it. It's how they begin it. And good teams, you pay a price if you fall behind early. Talking with Alan Crater from the New York Times here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Alan, you, you mentioned a good point, and I guess something that I feel maybe doesn't get talked about enough or isn't explored enough is the fact that the Islanders are, uh, I mean, it's talked about a lot at the beginning of the year, the Islanders being a team that's built for the playoffs, right? I mean, we've seen it last year. We've seen it the year before. You know, we even saw it uh, in, in 1819, you know, the series against the Penguins, and then obviously the, you know, the kind of rough road they had against the Carolina Hurricanes once the series moved to Barclays Center there, but when it comes to the Islanders being built as a playoff team and the, and the type of player that they bring in, when you look at the roster and, and its current kind of makeup of it and, and the nece- necessary players that you need to have it there at their peak, is that sort of a team that, that pl- built to play in the playoff mentality way you build a team, is that conducive more to a, a younger team? I mean, this is an Islanders team that's much older now, comparative to the rest of the league, and it certainly seems like that's taken its toll on a lot of guys who traditionally have been big pieces of that that sort of built for playoffs team. It's true. I, I agree with that. I, I think the regular season success is you need a lot of young blood. The game has changed a lot, and, and teams that are successful have super influxes of young, younger, young and younger players at a higher level. We saw some of that with the Los Angeles Kings last week they they swept through here they they've won almost every game on this road trip they're three oh and two but they they won games and you just see they have the veterans they have the Drew Dowdies and the Dustin Browns but then they have Quinn Byfield sliding in there Alex I Fallow like they're they're mixing it together and the the Islander younger group is looking good. They're just not lighting it up. And I, I think it's it's hard. It's a it's a hard thing to navigate season to season. It's. I think the old, the veteran teams help you in the playoffs because you, you need the experience, you need the guys that have been there before. You need the, the cool, calm, collected energy of an Andy Green, under pressure in the playoffs. But to ask him to give that level for eighty-two games or seventy-four games is, is a lot, and it's it, it pays again. The team pays a price for trying to maybe rely on that, not not too much, but it's just you can even see it with. The line that's been together for so long for the Islanders, Clutterbuck, Martin, and Sezikis, they, they can only do so much night after night. They can't bring it for 82 games at that physical level and ignite the the, the squad night after night, but they can in the short series, and they, they will again when the Islanders get back to the playoffs. But it's just it's a hard it's a hard grind. Barry Trotz has talked about how it's just so, such a long – it's so hard to get to the playoffs. That's why the teams – Will, will rejoice when they make it and then they can go on a run because they relax. That's a large part of just the hardness of getting there. Last year was was different. They were off to the fast start in the short season, made it fairly easily. The year before, just they, they, was, they had squeaked in and then it went on a run. So it's, how do you measure that? You measure it in how you do in the playoffs is what everybody remembers. And yes, it was more, more of a veteran squad both times. But now, you, now they're paying... Uh, the price for that veteran squad trying to forge through this long grinding 82 games with travel and everything else and their crazy schedule, not to mention uh, injuries and COVID. So hard, hard anyway to look at it. And I don't think they're a bad team. I just think they're underperforming because of a variety of circumstances and you can effort 
goes only so far in this league. No matter how hard you work, it's still hard to win enough to make the playoffs um, when you when you may be a little tired or banged up and, and just don't have the firepower to match the Washingtons and the Carolinas and the Pittsburghs. The veteran presence absolutely makes sense in the postseason. But, Alan, I'm curious now that you mentioned that and sort of surviving the regular season, what do you make of Barry Trotz's decision-making and lineup choices when it comes to the younger members on the team, the the Kiefer Belloses and, and obviously the Oliver Wallstrom? Certainly, if anyone's paid attention to social media in, in the last couple of days and in the last couple of weeks of the season especially – there has always seemed to be this this feeling, whether it's fair or not, that that Barry Trotz has kind of had a you know a, a harder view and a shorter leash on on a guy like Keith, uh, on a guy like Oliver Wallstrom or Kiefer Bellows. Even last night, there was some feeling amongst the fan base. It seemed that his comments when Andrew asked about uh, Oliver Wallstrom not being out there in the last couple minutes when they had the um, the extra skater on, why he wasn't part of the rotation, and, and, and even though he had just scored a goal a little while before that, um, you know, Barry seemed to almost, at least that's the view by some, uh, he seemed to almost go out of his way to kind of take away some of what, what Wallstrom had done on the, on the goal. I'm curious to get your take on, on, on all of that and how Barry has viewed and, and utilized some of the, the younger players. I think he, I think he goes maybe out of his way to motivate them in his way. I don't think he's being super hard on them. I mean, he's Noah Dobson's in there every night playing very well. Uh, Wallstrom is finding his footing. I mean, really, when you look back to generations ago and when social media was non-existent, Al Arbor did very much the same thing. He he didn't just throw rookies in there in in the championship years. You had to really earn your spots and. You know, they brought up a guy like Dwayne Sutter, and he, he played sparingly. Uh, Brent Sutter came later. I mean, these guys would show up. They would have to really earn. Palafontaine didn't just win a spot off the bat coming in. So it, it's 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 probably necessary. He, Barry Trotz knows how hard it is. I think he just does. maybe doesn't want them to get overwhelmed or, uh, you know, learn as they go. There's enough veterans around. I don't think he's – I mean, Bellows is a curious case. He's – I think he should play more, but there must be a reason there. He's He's got the scoring touch. I, he's taking maybe a little too much time there. He must have a reason why. I think it's just a personal choice of being very careful with with the young set. I mean, Robin Salah's getting in there too, but sparingly. Uh, they He just he, he seems to he just definitely likes veteran teams. It's clear. He, last year when they acquired Palmieri and Zajac, they were they were playing most every night and, and without, you know, without a, a blink. So it's, he, he likes guys he can plug in and knows what he's going to get. And maybe with the younger guys, he's still feeling it through for them. And I know Wallstrom has been a hot topic on social media, but he is, he has been in 34 games. He's got nine goals. I mean, he's playing well. He's a force. He's like, he's out on the power play a lot. So it's not like he's not playing. I, th- I think it's probably motivational, but I don't think Barry does that just to get Twitter reaction either. He's, just has his reasons and stays with them. I mean, he's got to be so frustrated with this season because it's such an uphill battle. If you look at the math, it's almost near impossible to catch the one team they have to chase or everyone's chasing Boston. It's it's 17 points or something. And even if they won every game in hand, they would still be way behind. So it's, it's tough. They all know it's tough. They have to take it the, the proverbial one game at a time and just get two points, two points. But then you have a good night like last night. They, play well and get zero so it it just gets harder i i think they have you know looking big picture and thinking long term 
but I think I think Barry just must have his style and his way of motivating. But I, I bet Al Arbor had similar types of conversations with younger players. It's just that nobody knew about it back then, or he wouldn't talk about it. And it certainly really wouldn't be in the papers. Just this guy would play one of every three games when he came up. But I, I know for a fact Halifontaine was not just shoved into the lineup that first year. He had, to, he had to work his way onto the power play, work his way onto taking a face off in the closing seconds. Uh, it's not easy playing uh, for you know a, a coach that's seen it all. We're on the line talking to Alan Crater of New York Times, brought to you by Thai Technology. Yeah, Alan, it seems like there's this whole narrative of Barry Trotz versus Oliver Wallstrom that's kind of <laughs> taken on a life of its own among the fans, and you see it on social media. And and I'm glad you brought that up, and, and you talk about Al Arbor because he's kind of the bar, right, especially for mm-hmm. for Islander fans. And, you know, there's obviously a, longer, a younger portion of this fan base that, you know, have heard the tales and, and, and whatnot, but, you know, didn't live it, didn't see it, and there wasn't social media like you said, but, you know, maybe they didn't, you know, have firsthand experience with seeing how he, he might have treated players like Pat LaFontaine, like you mentioned. So, you know, it, it's it's good to get that perspective because, you know, the, you know, in sports and, 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 you know, Islander fan base, you see it a lot, a lot of knee-jerk reactions. But, you know, I, I try to, to look at this whole this whole narrative and wrap my head around the reactions and whatnot because, you know, it's, it's, it's not like Barry Trotz has a personal vendetta against Oliver Wallstrom or any young player, for that matter. Obviously, he's made it clear that he holds these players to a higher standard. And, uh, I mean, do you think... We kind of touched on this a little bit last week. I mean, it, it kind of goes plays into a situation where a coach has to treat different players different ways, right? Just because he might bench one guy and it works doesn't mean if he benches another guy, it's going to work the same way. And I, I feel like there's there might be a disconnect among fan bases when they see these inconsistencies. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Well, I, th- I think it definitely, yeah, the social media aspect creates an entirely different layer, different dynamic of analysis, understanding what you see isn't always what you get. I mean, he's not, he definitely doesn't publicly uh, flog a player. He's, he doesn't right. go that way. He's hes very respectful. He, I don't even sense that he really benches players for bad uh, shifts or bad, you know, mistakes that could or couldn't be obviously the naked eye. I mean, he had... On the other side of town, you had a coach with the Rangers who undoubtedly was was probably uh, screaming at the rookies when they made mistakes. He definitely had them playing in fear. It, it could be sensed, mm. and uh, they didn't perform well. I mean, basically, the Rangers under David Quinn, the rookies, none of them made made progress. Really, none of them. So, what's the point of that? Like, you need a coach to shepherd young players, and I think, at least from what I could understand, Barry Trotz does everything quietly behind uh, you know the, the locker room door there he i don't sense that players are i can't play for this guy he's not fair to me i don't sense that at all he he doesn't you don't just see a player sitting on the end of the bench like even john totarello would like that guy did this he's not playing for the rest of the game it doesn't happen here so i don't know i don't know if social media creates something that's not even realistic i mean it's not like uh oliver wallstrom has has played well He's still young. He's only 21. I mean, it's not like he's 26 and in his seventh year. Right. So he's still learning the ropes. There's still guys around him that, that he can uh, learn from. And the coaching staff, I mean, they definitely did a good job with all the talent they've had in the now four years Barry Schatz has been there. So I just think it's unrealistic to try to analyze everything via Twitter 
10 minutes after the game because this happened on one shift and he wasn't playing for that power play for 30 seconds. I mean, right. you know, the next game starts and it's all forgotten anyway. <laughs> so uh, I think it's just over analysis slash people looking for things to, uh, I don't know, complain about, <laughs> analyze. Uh, no. It's frustrating when you lose. I mean, there's all of that. Right. So we all know Islander Twitter, Verse is is not sometimes not an easy place to uh, navigate. I'll put it that way. That is certainly a fair point, <laughs> yes. Alan. I want to ask you before we let you go. The All Star Game coming up this weekend out in Las Vegas. I I don't believe you're headed out there. Um, I'm not okay, sadly, so. but I'll I'll wait until the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals between the Islanders and. Biggest Golden Knights. Ah, there we trip. go. That is a bold prediction, Alan, especially in the <laughs> current it. circumstance. But I didn't say what year. <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> Alan's been waiting for that 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 uh, Stanley Cup final for about two, three years now. Would you say right? I think you called yes. that the Vegas's second year in the in the in the league, if I'm not mistaken. After their their fun year, their first year. But I did want to ask you what you are looking forward to most uh, as far as All Star Weekend goes. It is a very kind of uh you know obviously it's a skills competition which i know you're a huge fan of when it comes to deciding games um but uh, you know the skills competition the 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 games the mascots are all there alan crane mm. is a huge mascot guy yes, yes. Uh, the new york times is uh is the official beat of uh, uh, uh sparky is the official sparky has appeared times. many times in many photo shoots and uh, never been quoted though you cannot <laughs> Actually, quote Sparky. You can only get <laughs> pretty tight lips, nods, <laughs> and uh, I don't know wing flaps or dragon, <laughs> dragon wing flaps. But yeah. But what what are you looking forward to most with the All Star Weekend coming up in Vegas this year? Uh, definitely, whatever mascot competition will take place. <laughs> whatever they choose to do is, is highly exactly. watchable. That's number one, and number two, please, no one getting hurt in the rest yeah. of the weekend. Mm. Uh, that's basically the game is is silly but i get it they want everyone to uh, do their thing and uh, no contact three on three and the skills competition is fun i like the the speed uh, element that's that's always fun i mean the the novelty part is is cool but uh i mean it's i like the game better when they actually played a game whatever it was back in the day just an ordinary game at least you saw players on lines you would never see before and uh now of course there was no hitting but at least they played. I mean, way back in the '80s, they really played. Uh, they one game at Nassau Coliseum in the '80s. Uh, Rangers Don Maloney was the uh, MVP. I think he scored four goals or something. So that you know, there were real games that were uh, highly competitive, uh, even hitting back then. Wow. So they were they were the real deal. Now they've turned it into a an event more than. Uh, anything else but I, I just i always root for no injuries because the last thing anybody wants is anything to happen in one of these games that affects the team same thing with the olympics for that matter as great as that is putting show to go over there i mean someone's always getting hurt and costing their team in the end so as, as great as that is i'm glad it's not happening especially this year with all the other risks but it's the, the, you know, these guys the regular season is still the most important thing despite everything else so it's got to be fun in the middle but keeping everybody healthy and safe is the best the best uh, element the best aspect this year alan crater from the new york times alan we appreciate it i have to imagine we're going to see a, uh, an all-star game or a draft at ubs in, in the near oh, yeah. future at some point has to be sure i mean for a billion dollars we've got to get some big <laughs> event at least finally get the draft here the draft 
believe it or not, has never been at Madison Square Garden in all the years, wow. even with the league office in New York City. The draft is everywhere else, so that would be an easy commute for the draft, be fun. There was one at the uh, Prudential Center in 2013, yes. which was a one-dayer. That's the day the Islanders acquired Cal Clutterbuck from the Minnesota Wild. I remember that. So yeah. that was the last relatively, well, really local one. So, uh, yeah, for sure, our special events have to be coming soon to UBS, no doubt. Whether it's All-Star or Draft, uh, what have you, they, they, there has to be something on the, the future planner on that, uh, that account for sure. Absolutely. I would say cup final, but I'm not, I'm not predicting that this year. So, but Alan Crater, New York times really appreciate the time, Alan. And, uh, and hopefully have, hope you have to hope to have you back real soon. If I can get the words out of my mouth correctly. Yeah, sure. I mean, if they, when they get to the finals, it's going to basically coincide with the Belmont stakes. So that's when it'll be <laughs> my go. long awaited crossover of <laughs> equine hockey. He's got to be a horse somewhere in the <laughs> arena at some point. Uh, but yeah, the racing cards won't really start until, may june so it's going to be tricky this year to see how they're going to uh, put those two elements of the arena at belmont park together but one day they will it, it, it'll happen well from your lips to god's ears alan once again thank you so much for joining us appreciate yeah, sure. your time and uh hopefully we'll have you on again soon down the road okay anytime at all thank all you right. guys take okay. care alan yeah. all right folks that was alan Crata of the new york times he's got plans man yeah, he's got plans. Island I mean, finals, Alan, Alan this is, stakes. None of this is his problem. Alan, <laughs> Alan and I talked talk about this for for a while. He's he's looking forward to the day that the the stakes or horse racing lines up with with the Alan. It's not going to line up this year with the schedule with the way things are going. But yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's nice to have dreams. Yeah, hopefully, they come true. One Love day. dreams. Dreams are speaking good. of dreams. Oh yeah, sure. Speaking of dreams. Mm. Josh Hosen getting his Olympic dream. <laughs> I saw that in the chat. I was going to bring it going up. Going to play for Team Canada, uh, which is the most amazing now. thing. I, I mean, good for him. Good for him. The guy's going to get himself an NHL contract out of this. I, I 100% guarantee. Think so, huh? He's going to go out and he's going to kill it for Team Canada. They've now become the most fun team to watch out there, Team Canada. Um, because, I mean, he's. I believe he's been playing somewhat well f- up in Marlies? Toronto. Yeah. I haven't been following, but but I mean, he made the Canadian team, so he must be doing all right. So, and it's think about it, considering all the drama that went on with Josh Ho saying for whether it was fair, whether it was unfair, whatever you want to take take from it. You know, Josh Ho saying was a guy that was essentially blackballed by Team Canada for World Juniors and and for other inter- international competitions, and now he's on the Olympic roster, going to compete for for a gold medal for for Canada. And and like I said, I would put money now. He's going to get an NHL contract of this because he's going to come back and. If, if Toronto's in, in you need for, you know, Toronto need a sniper at some point, or if there's another NHL club that... Is he a sniper, though? If there's another NHL club that wants a little more scoring prowess on their on their lineup, could be a, a good acquisition to add at the trade deadline. So it's a great opportunity for him to, for him to go out there and, and, and get an opportunity and, and you know, make some, uh, make some noise. Like I said, good for him. That's pretty awesome. Again, he must be doing good things. Because, look, if, if you know his history, he did not have the best relationship with Hockey Canada back in he the did day. did not. 
And that was that was always something that was raised and a point of contention for him. So obviously the nation, <laughs> the nation's hockey program, uh, has warmed to Joshua Hosang. And yeah, of course you can say, well, they ha- they had to kind of also what happens when you get two months notice that the right. NHL players they, are not going to the Olympics. Right. They 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 lost the chance <laughs> of bringing anybody from the NHLPA, and they had to see who was available. And perhaps that kind of whittled the list down. That but helps. look. He's opportunities, going to, he's opportunities. Going to play bro. for an Olympic gold here. Yeah, and wouldn't that be something if he, if he won gold? Now go USA, obviously. But I mean, what a story, right? Yeah. After all the the trials and tribulations to end up in the Olympics and come home with a, an Olympic gold would be something else. But look, I'm rooting for him. I never had, a, you know. Look, I, I I know I wanted to stop talking about the narrative here with the Islanders and whatnot, but nothing personal. I mean, you know, I I support what he does I think out we there. Just, I hope I, he does well. But just like it was just so tiring. I was gonna say, I think we were just over yes. it being a topic every yes every season for whatever reason, for good, for bad. You right. Know I mean? Yes. At, at a certain point, you're like either cut this kid and let him go play somewhere else, or let him f and play on the <laughs> Islanders. Right. Well, look, best of luck, and 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 it's weird. We talked to to Greg about Greg Wachinsky about this last week, and and even though I am much, very much a supporter of having the NHLPA in there and having the best on best, Players, I, yeah. yeah, I am still looking forward to seeing what the quote unquote amateurs or I suppose lesser professionals <laughs> can do. The guys with without NHL contracts, right? Because it kind of makes it a little more of a wild card, right? Maybe you see some teams that, like like Greg said, now China maybe won't get blown out twenty to two; it'll just be eleven to two. Right. <laughs> but you know, you might be able to see some of those teams that that aren't expected to do much have a better chance here because you're not going up against the McDavid's and the Matthews of the world. Yeah. So I still think it's going to be fun. I, I'm look, I, I have to check to see what time those games are going to be, though. That's going to be early. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Although they'll probably repeat, repeat them in private. Yeah, I don't do non-live events. Like, like, if I miss it live, I miss it. I'll just check the score. Okay. I, can't, I can't watch. Like, I never was a DVR guy. Or don't tell me the score. Oh, I'm no, going to yeah, watch that, it when I get home. Never that, did that. I, yeah, I don't, never did that. That's so, a yeah. Lot. That's a lot of effort to not find out the score. Yeah, especially in this day and age. Yeah. I mean, basically, you just turn your phone on. You already know. <laughs> what happened so yeah that that's that's no longer a thing but yeah so the train rolls on here at hockey night in new york good stuff from alan yeah uh got a a nice little oliver walston versus barry trotz discussion in there i was going to bring it up with us just because it seems like there's a lot of fans that i'm seeing again at least in the twitterverse that are getting a little i don't want to say fed up but impatient with barry trotz and how he's handling it And, and, and again we've talked about it a lot here already yeah, Barry Trotz hates Oliver Wallstrom. Right, right. That's obviously what we're him. surmising here. <laughs> yeah, look, you have to remember, too, that you don't see what's going on in practices either. And even though the games are the ultimate judge, I suppose, or the ultimate court for mm-hmm. these players to prove themselves and what they may or may not deserve, right. but you also have what goes on behind the scenes in practice. And look, maybe he's a kid who has his head in the clouds. And I even feel like Trotz has alluded to that in the past when talking about him. And maybe he really just is a guy who needs a kick in the pants and, and he needs a little more tough love than the next guy. And and it may not make sense when you look at him next to somebody else and it can be frustrating because, yeah, we all acknowledge the fact that he's he's one of the guys in this team that's going to give you the best chance to get a sniper on this roster and get some goals in there. Yeah. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about how much this team looks pass first and you got Bailey and you yeah. got Barzell doing that whole thing. Yeah, they need guys that can rip the puck and tuck it into the you know top right. right corner instead of the goalies. Up in the toy department? Up in the toy department, exactly. So I, I, am, I am with you there. I understand that. But I got to give Barry Trotz the benefit of the doubt here because he's been around the block for a while. He's one of the most revered coaches in the game. I, I, you know, a lot of people argue he's probably the best coach in the NHL right now. I know I've, I've said that before on this program, biased or not. But 
I think you kind of just, I mean, you don't have to do anything, but, <laughs> but from my point of view, I think Barry deserves the, the benefit of the doubt because it's not like this is his first go around dealing with a young player coming up right. as a first round draft pick and trying to find his way. And again, just because what you're seeing, you know, you take for face value, whatever you're seeing, right? Whether it's in the games or not, but there might be some stuff going on. And, and this is similar to the whole saying discussion going back over all these years and everybody trying to figure out why won't he play Josh? Why won't he play Josh? And that was Capuano. That was Barry Trotz, whomever. And you're never just, you're not always going to know. You're not always going to know why. And you just got to put faith in your coaching staff for as long as you can and your management and hope that the kid figures it out. And and he, and as Alan argued, he's still getting playing time. He's still getting plenty of time in the power play. He's still mm-hmm. getting a chance. But just because he's not out there for every six on five or every power play or what have you, it doesn't mean that Barry Trotz has a personal vendetta against Oliver Walsham. I don't think Barry's that petty. No, I don't. I, I, I mean, I, we talked about it last week, and I, and I said it last week. I don't think it's personal, but I am curious to understand the full weight of why those Same. decisions are made. And right. I think that's where the problem therein lies, because there's not necessarily the transparency. Because even Andrew, Andrew asked a legitimate question, and Barry kind of almost blew it off a little bit. No, last, I agree. Last I night, agree. which doesn't do anyone favors. And, and granted, coaches don't make decisions because of of the fan base or, or talking heads or, or reporters or, or mm. anything like that. They make decisions on based on what they're going to do, right? And and as everyone else's job, as as our job as as analysts, and, and as Andrew's job as a reporter, and, and Alan's job as a reporter, is to look at the team with a critical eye and ask ask critical questions. For sure, right? for sure. Um, and the island, it's not as though you know Barry Trotz is getting peppered with very tough questions on a, on a nightly basis because. You know, there's there's extenuating circumstances, and you're, you know, when you're asking questions like that, there's a there's a, a way to ask it to get the best response possible, mm-hmm. yada yada yada. But at the same time, I, I am always curious and, and a little befuddled sometimes when Barry kind of has those reactions to legitimate questions about mm-hmm. lineup decisions, especially when it comes to Wallstrom. Because again, again, yeah. as I said last week, I don't necessarily fully understand that the reasoning behind. Why Barry Trotz treats Oliver Wallstrom one way, mm-hmm. and why player X, Y, or Z gets treated another way. And I understand that they're different people and they're different players, right. and mm-hmm. you approach every way. Mm-hmm. Da 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 da. I understand that. Right. But at a certain point, when when one guy is not producing and the other guy is producing on on a, on a much more, uh, even if it is a superficial level, right? Like mm-hmm. you look at the goal last night that Wallstrom gets, and and you know Barry kind of says that you know it started with not with Dobson, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, <laughs> Noah Dobson. <laughs> I love it. It started with Noah Dobson and on <laughs> Anders Lee's work uh, to make that play happen, right? And, and Oliver Wallstrom was kind of the recipient of that, but he still yeah. was the one that got the net, the puck behind, into the net. And, no, it was it was a great effort. It was a diving play to put the puck in the net. I'm with you, and I'm with the people kind of wondering, you know, why they why is he taking so much away from? Because it was a good effort. It was right. a good play. So that's uh, that's where in lies my question, because that seems to happen more and more, especially when it, it pertains to Wallstrom, and, and when you try and get sort of the 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 at least some sort of explanation of what the difference is. And, and uh, you know, we, I've asked Barry that before in the past, and you, you talked, talk, we've talked about his response about, you know, the veterans having more, you know, street cred, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, and this and that. The question then becomes, when does, the, when does Oliver Wallstrom have street cred, and when does the street cred for other guys wear off? I think the way Barry chose to answer that question was his kind of way of saying, I'm handling it, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Because, look, a lot of these coaching staffs and teams in general and managers, I mean, look at Lou Lamarillo, for crying out loud, they keep a lot of stuff close to the vest. And I'm certainly not trying to insinuate that there's more to this going on behind the scenes, but I'm only trying to get the point across that you don't know. You just don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know how 
Oliver Wallstrom handles his professional career as a New York Islander outside of what you see on the ice in his interviews, you know, and, and not much beyond that. Right. Right. So again, I'm not trying to say, oh, he's he's a he's a problem child behind the behind the scenes or anything like that. Not but at all. But I think all. that would have come out but, at some point, even if that was the yeah, case. Yeah, again, I'm not going there. No, no, at no, no all. I understand it's, that. It's just simply saying, like, we just don't know. And that's why, like, I'm more inclined to trust a coach like Barry Trotz to say, okay, whatever the reason is, he's probably got a decent one for handling it the way he is, even if it doesn't on the surface look like it makes sense. Because again, it's hard for me to defend Barry Trotz. Well, yeah, you're an apologist. Uh, of course. A known Barry Trotz yeah. apologist here on Hockey Night in New York. No, but like you look at the way he downplayed that goal for Oliver Wallstrom and on the surface, like, damn, give the kid some credit. Right. You know, he made a diving play to put the puck in the net. Like this, like from my vantage point, and I think everybody else's, there's really not much seeing eye to eye with Barry on that one. You know, like why the kid made a good play. Like, why are you taking that away from him? So I mean, it just makes me wonder, again, what the psychology is behind that because that's a big part of this. You, I mean, you're not just a coach. You're also kind of doctor-slash-therapist right. with these players, too. And whether Barry's right or wrong, I guess we'll find out down the road to see how <laughs> Oliver Wallstrom eventually pans out. But, yeah, it's an, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting thing to look at and try to dissect. And, 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 again, I think it's just Barry's way of saying, look, this kid still needs some more work. On whatever it is, he still needs some more work. And, and it seems to be that he's chosen to take this route with him, this tough love route with him. And, and we'll see if it pays off or not. But at least it isn't as, as extreme as it was with Hosang, right? Because, I mean, the, he couldn't even get close to the NHL roster or, you know, the ice, let right. alone let alone, you know, miss a shift or not, right? right? So I think, you know, I would just say try to have a little more patience, see how it plays out. He's still developing into a good player. We're seeing him become a more confident player. He's putting up more goals. He's 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 showing to be a better player on this team, and, and maybe there's just a couple elements of his game that he still has to get together. So I'm going to try to stick with it. I, this is one of the first times where I've seen Barry handle a situation with Walsh. I'm like, wow, you know, interesting. Mm-hmm. The, you know, so I'm with you guys on that. But it doesn't mean I think that Barry Trotz, again, is 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 necessarily ruining this kid's development or, you know, taking a harder stance than he may need to because the truth is I don't know. <laughs> and that's what a noted apologist would say. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I understand the point. And in fairness, Alan made a good point too. When you look back at, at, at um, Al Arbor's tenure as Islanders coach, he certainly, I'm sure, made decisions that made today in, in, the, in the social media constant instant analysis era I'm sure would have been equally as dissected and scrutinized and, you know, chewed up and spit out and on all these different things. So it is, obviously it's, it's easy to kind of say that now Mm -hmm. considering, you know, everything is at our fingertips and we can rewatch about 10 different games at once and and all that. And, and kind of, you know, everyone has an opinion right after things are done. So I, I certainly understand the idea of that, that, you know, we may not fully understand everything, but, even when people are trying to understand it, it just seems like there isn't the substance you'd want to hear in some of the answers, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. Which, right. Which is, I mean, it is what it is. And like I said, but the, at the truth end of that, is, yeah. from their point of view, they don't give a crap. Right. No, they don't care yeah. whether you're satisfied with the answer or not because they're going to handle things the way that they want. And, and again, especially starting at the top with Lou Lamarillo. I mean, the guy barely tells you anything. It's so funny. He's. 
He's been so more accessible as a general manager since taking over for Garth Snow, but still saying well, so little that with was, how much he still speaks. You know what I mean? That was always his his mo, even when he was in in, in New Jersey. Yeah. you know Andrew Gross. Uh, you know, we've talked to Andrew Gross before, and he, he's, he's kind of said that even when, when Lou was coming in here, um, you know, a couple of years ago, Lou Lou will talk to the media and he'll give you a, you know a twenty minute inter- interview, but. You look, you listen back, and you, you hear like, <laughs> what I get out of that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. Like right. He, just, he says a lot, yeah, but yeah. he doesn't say anything at right. the same time. It's it's really an art form. Um, and that's really exactly is. how they want it. Yeah, which is which is fine for yeah. them. But yeah, it doesn't work when it, when you're in a market where you're trying to do more than just win hockey games. Wow. Um, you know, they're doing what they think they have to do to protect themselves, their players. And, you know, put the best product on the ice to win games. And maybe they're not doing the best job of that right now as far as winning games. But this is their methods. And, you know, you can either try to adapt or, you know, just, hey, go to social media and complain about it. Because <laughs> that's what people are doing. Yep. All right. Moving or on. Or host a podcast and complain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or make apologies for it. You know, one or the other. Either, either way. Either way. You know, we got, we got the complaints and we got the apologies. <laughs> All right. That's, that's where we are. So... Let's move on to another guy people are complaining about, for good reason. Kyle Palmieri. Came back from his injury. Not much has changed. And it's funny, <laughs> at the game last night, he, he took that offensive zone penalty early in the game. Naturally. against Which, which Well, is, exactly. Yeah. Because you it's funny. write that any better. I, I turned to my buddy who I was with, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, for, I forgot that Kyle took a lot of penalties before he, before he was out, before he got hurt. <laughs> and it, it's true. I mean, this season, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I remember him taking a lot of penalties, and some not all, not all deserved. I remember some of them were, were kind of weak calls, but he takes a penalty in the offensive zone. It leads to a power play goal for, Wash, uh, sorry, for Minnesota. Minnesota. It ends up being a back-breaking 2-0 lead for them early in the first period. And like we said, they, they couldn't come back. And... So that kind of just piles on top of the fact that this guy isn't scoring. And I don't think it's for a lack of effort. I think he's trying to bust his tail out there. I don't think he's just kind of phoning it in. But, I mean, he is one of these guys that is guilty of when he does get an opportunity. He's either shooting into the goalie's chest or he's not, you know, he's not, he doesn't have that finish that he had in the playoffs. And, and it is so bizarre, as we've kind of touched on here, where, where these, you know, acquisitions that the Islanders have made, you know, at the deadline and whatnot, where for whatever reason they have such a hard time in the regular season. <laughs> yeah. And then they but then you get the to the playoffs and, you know, you got Pajot who's been fantastic in the playoffs, Paul Mary last year. And, but for whatever reason, it's like a different animal in the regular season. And, and I kind of, I guess it kind of parallels what you and Alan were talking about when he was on before, how, you know, you got you to gotta get through the regular season just to get to the playoffs. And it seems like when they're there, they know how to play in the playoffs. And, and it's just a different animal. And he talks about the speed, the foot speed, right, and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And, and I don't know. I don't know if there's a parallel to draw here. But, I mean, we do kind of, kind of acknowledge the fact that it is sort of a different game between the playoffs and the regular season. Yeah. Uh, not only do the refs bury their whistles a little bit, but it's less of a finesse-driven game where it's more of a grinded-out kind of game. And that is really what these, this Islander team is built for. And maybe that's kind of what Allen is getting to, and he might be on to something here, where when you put it into 82 games, an 82-game season, and you know it, the game caters a little bit more to that foot speed and caters a little more to the skill, and that's what had the, what's had the Islanders struggling during these regular season stretches. And you've always been been one to point out those stretches like the end of the season right where they go on this like 10 game tailspin where they're backing into the playoffs and and maybe there's something to that where it's just their game is great for the playoffs but it's kind of a 
you know, it's it's a tough go for them during the regular season, especially with these older players and, and these more slow-footed guys, especially now, Chara, right. like have been named by Allen and whatnot. So maybe there's something to that. And maybe maybe that's something for Lou to think about, or not to say he hasn't already and he hasn't been trying, right. but maybe that's just something that needs to be more balanced for this team is is to get a little more, I mean, it sounds obvious, but everybody wants more speed and, <laughs> and skill, but, right. but maybe that's just something that's kind of crying out for this team during the regular season and why we're seeing these sorts of struggles. No, I think that's exactly what the issue is because I, I think for the last two years, you've seen the byproduct of playing that, gritty, hard-nosed style of hockey for 82 games. It's just, it's just not sustainable, unfortunately, right? Like, you look at you look at how the Islanders did the last three years, really, under Barry Trotz, and, and there seems to be somewhat of a familiar formula of how things have gone on. The Islanders play really well early on in the season. They may, they kind of hold their own in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then that, th- that second half of the year, post-All-Star break, is usually when things start to go downhill. Mm-hmm. You look at 2019-20, before the, the lockout, the pandemic, it was kind of the same formula. You saw... An Islanders team that was somewhat very successful early in the year. Um, they were still a little bit young, too. You know, you had guys like Devontae's out there, um, and there were some learning lessons that they went through, too, um, you know, right. against some of these better teams during the regular season. But I think the, the narrative fits the same. There was a reason why they brought in. They obviously also had a, a major entry to Adam Pellick at that point, which really derailed the season. Um, right. But the, the overarching f- uh, similarities between that seems to be the Islanders – struggle that that second half of the year late in the year after playing such a gritty hard no style hockey for the first you know 40 something games really right because it, yeah. it's just it does take a toll on your body and does wear and tear on your body and i think there's another level that players find whether they'll you know admit it or not when it comes to the playoffs that you know they're they're going out and everything is on the line whether they're hurt whether they're not hurt whether it's smart to do that whether it's stupid to do that mm-hmm. that's irregardless right but they will do just about anything to go out and compete and win win a Stanley Cup. So I mean, those teams, those they they can sustain that grind because that there's that finish line at the end, right? Because you're everyone's competing for that cup and that goal, and you know they know they have to put everything on the line, and it's much more sustainable for you know a two month stretch, almost you know a two and a half three month stretch, than you know a, a, a how many months in the season? Five six month season. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. even if you go by that 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 logic, even even then it kind of lines up well where the Islanders play well for three months or so, mm-hmm. and then things start to fall apart after you know guys start to get a little tired. That 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 aggressive style takes on a little bit more wear and tear on your body, and it's it's tough to maintain. And then you're playing with against teams that have a lot more finesse and and scoring touch. You know, the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins, a couple of years ago down the line, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are tough games, and those are tough opponents to compete against. But once you get back into the playoffs and that kind of rough-and-tumble, gritty style of hockey, everyone's kind of on the same page, and the mm-hmm. Islanders are then, you know, that's where their bread and butter is. You know, that's why the, the identity line becomes such a, a big narrative during mm-hmm. the postseason. It's why, you know, a guy like Brock Nelson really excels scoring, but he also isn't afraid to kind of throw his body around that third mm-hmm. line. The Kyle Palmieri's, uh, you know, and, and the JG Pajots, they kind of have that finesse ability and speed, but they also have that that grit element to their game that stands out even more in the playoffs, and that's what makes them so successful. So, it, it's tough to do, I think, for an eighty, a full sustained eighty-two game season. And I think we're really seeing that, especially now with an Islander team that's a little bit older. There, I understand they have a a younger core mm-hmm. in in Barzal and Wallstrom and and, and Bellos and and, and um, Sorokin, Nobson. Right. <laughs> Nobson, <laughs> but 
at the heart of it, they're their most important aspects and the guys that are really, you know, gonna make or break the team some nights is is, is that veteran veteran roster and then that's hard to keep them in the lineup every night at that same pace. Yeah, the only problem is this year is that they bottomed out in the beginning, which is not <laughs> what's happened in the past. They right. They go on to to get towards the top of the league and then they start to start to trickle down right. in the latter part. They bottomed out so they don't have that option this year. No. Right. They're already hanging out on by dear life. And they have to find a way to find another level towards the end of the year. They have to. They have to end this season on a high note if they want to get right. into the playoffs. They can't. They can't back in. So, I mean, it's it's fair for anybody to say this may not be the year. I mean, it just is. I mean, we're not there yet, but it's perfectly acceptable to start thinking that way if you haven't already. <laughs> but I, I, I am, I am <laughs> hesitant to say it's it's okay to start i mean it's okay to start thinking about it because at some point you have to yeah. accept the realities but at yeah. the same time my and we talked about this last week my yeah. intrigue and, and what kind of really piques my curiosity is what becomes of the islanders going forward from this like mm-hmm. like is the window right. closing on on this team that that's been a cup contender for the last two years or is there another is there one more year because i don't necessarily know if the window has much more give in it after the season yeah yeah you've raised that before and and that'll be a very interesting topic of discussion when we get there but but again we have more than half of a season to go here you know so look i I hope that they give us something to to you know rave about by the time this season's i mean what a story it would be right if they did find a way to claw themselves back after all this adversity in the first half of the season if they don't win a cup at that point i mean why even bother (laughs) (laughs) right i mean hopefully we get there And, and again i'm not i'm not looking to to put dark clouds over the season yet, but but you just got to be realistic, right? Yeah. I mean, they they have a mountain of, of points to make up here against teams that are doing fairly well ahead of them. So, and and they haven't done enough yet to inspire real confidence that this is something that they can do. So, you know, we're gonna take this week by week as we do on Hockey Night New York, and we'll just see how it all goes. But Christian, we've already eclipsed the hour mark here on this show. So, what do you say we go to a little what's on tap? Let's do it. Let's do it. And now, it's time for What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. Grill, grill, grill. That's right, folks. It is time for What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. Christian, this is your cue. What's on tap for the New York Islanders? The Islanders have a pair of game back-to-backs. Mm, Tuesday, a lot of those coming up. Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday, they host the Ottawa Senators, and then they host the Seattle Kraken, finally, who just yes. seems to can't get, they can't yes. get the game in on Long Island. But uh, they will, they will, I think, barring any other freak storm of nature. I think we're good. Freak, I think we're good. Freak event of nature. What am I trying to say? There? I, what are you trying? I often ask that to myself a lot, Christian. But what uh, are you trying to say? Barring any sort of freak snowstorm or anything like that, the Islanders will play the Seattle Kraken. We'll finally see the return of Jordan Eberle. Jordan Eberle, mm. Jordan Eberle revenge game, uh, I'm sure, <laughs> where he'll probably have a hat Pot trick. four goals. He'll, he'll have four goals, two assists, <laughs> right. a fight. Right. Chase Varlamov out of the net. Literally, he'll just take a stick and just chase it back to the. <laughs> that's violent. That's, that that seems a little outlandish. <laughs> and then, uh, and then he'll look into the into the rafters and just point at Lou Lamorello's suite. Damn. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get great. This no. one was for you, Lou. <laughs> yeah. Expansion no. draft, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean it's a busy week for the Islanders. Two winnable games, though. These are games yeah. that the Islanders, when we, when we talk about games that they need to win, and and games that they should win. Ottawa, obviously. 
not in great positioning in 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 the East. The Seattle cracking, cracking, cracking. <laughs> well, they're cracking. Are they in last place? Wow, nice, yeah. good recovery there. That was great. Yeah. Well, look, as good as they are at losing to playoff teams, they have proven they're good at beating the teams they should, the bad teams. Yeah. They have a very good record. I mean, they're I mean, you could kind of do this the same kind of record thing like we have with with the playoff teams, right? Whatever, 2-14 and 2 against playoff teams. You just going yeah. back off the top of what three straight against Philly, you have right. wins over New Jersey, you have wins over I don't know, there's somebody I'm leaving out there. But bottom line is they're beating these teams, which is good. It's a step in in the right direction, but this team again was supposed to be elite this year. They were picked for the cup for the first time in in forever so you know look this is these are two games they got to win they win them and then the narrative continues where hey maybe they can do this maybe they can get their act together for the second half of the season they get the all-star break in be nice to see ryan pollock back when they return from the all-star break i mean he has gotten on the ice so that is promising but (laughs) you know it's a step in the right direction in this long lingering injury that he's had but look, you win these two games, you're feeling a little better about yourself. You finish the, I suppose, the traditional first half of the season by way of the All-Star game, a game over 500. Yeah. And they still got a shot. They still have 82 points, if not more, on the table to to collect in, in hopes of getting a playoff berth. Yeah, I mean... That's the key, I guess, at this point, right? They're taking every everyone talks about taking one game at a time, you know, one step forward, this <laughs> right. and that, you know, this, the usual cliches. Yes. Uh, right now, that's what the Islanders have to do. I mean, you know, you have two winnable games, and then and then things start to get a little hairier once you have your West Coast road trip. That that was the one that got postponed. Yeah. And now it's pushed back into into this month with with Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Buff, Buffalo. That's not a West Coast team, but. Buffalo is also on the docket, another team you should probably beat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't this? It's a tough schedule too. I mean, the road trip is going to be a little bit of a, a daunting task too. The Islanders, are, you know, struggled on the road for be early in the season. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is not. They don't be, even know what it's like to be on the road they, anymore. Yeah, they <laughs> played so many play, home games. between playing all those home games. Right, uh, every home game in the month of December, uh, January. Essentially, yeah, December basically. Um, and then they had that one game in Philly. In the back, the that backs. doesn't even count. Right. I mean, that's right. the furthest they've been. That's the furthest they've been from UBS Arena in right. a long time. Mm-hmm. So, um, it'll be interesting. And of course, we also have the NHL All Star Game on tap. Yeah, Friday yeah, some exciting, I suppose, uh, new events that are coming. I believe players are going to be boated <laughs> onto Lake Bellagio, and they're going <laughs> to have some sort of blackjack event. They're going to shoot love it pucks at cards to make twenty one. So not only do the players have to just be accurate, they also have to do math. <laughs> so this will be interesting. I'm and, looking forward to and that. And they'll get the real, the true Vegas experience too, because when they when they ultimately get busted playing blackjack, they have to leave Vegas with nothing but uh, free shrimp. <laughs> their and pockets turn inside yeah, out. Their pockets turn inside <laughs> out. Excellent. Yeah. You know what? Let's throw some new twists into the All Star Game to the skills competition, right? If you really want the Vegas experience, you know, you, you got to pay your bookie by uh, Saturday, Sunday morning at ten o'clock, or you get your kneecap busted. There was somebody who made a, a funny joke on Twitter about this. I think it is he's at Jay Fresh or something like that. I think he puts a lot of advanced stats out there. If it's the right guy, I'm thinking of. But he was like 2016. Sorry, Vegas, you can't call your team the Aces because of gambling. 2022, we're switching it up in Vegas. We're playing 21. We're playing blackjack. You know, like it's so funny though like ever since you know this whole gambling thing has really kind of 
taken on in the, in the in the country now they're all about it i mean everything is sponsored by DraftKings yeah. or some sort of gambling website caesars. caesars mgm like it's just all about it. it's so funny how they it was like you know a, a no-no to even mention to have a team name called the aces and right. now and now all of a sudden everything is brought you know the power play is brought to you by the hundred dollars you just lost <laughs> mgm.com <laughs> right <laughs> i mean it is interesting too um now with with sports betting becoming such a, a prevalent thing across the country and, and especially now here in New York, my curiosity not only goes from uh, you know the increased number of sports betting you know commercials that you see during Island broadcast, which I think oh, is yeah. every every other every other ad buy is, is a is a Caesars or a DraftKings yeah. or a FanDuel, or, but I'm intrigued to know or see what ends up happening with the Islanders and UBS Arena. Would they imagine putting a sports book into the building? Like, they have a Prudential Center. If you've ever been to Prudential oh, Center... I'm there's pretty a, sure that's in the works. There's I've, a sports book in there. I think there's going to be some some semblance of a sports book situation in UBS Arena. I, I feel like I've it. heard that uh, through the grapevine. CGS878 says, sports gambling is stupid. It's only stupid if you lose. <laughs> Nice. And, and I suppose then that's true. you're the one that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a pretty decent way to put it. I suppose that's true. But, you know, metrics are stupid also. They're, according to CGS 878, a lot of stupid things on the docket here. But that's okay. You know, we all have opinions. So, also, <laughs> also, also stupid. No. <laughs> also <laughs> stupid. Christian Arnold's opinion. That's uh, fair. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm glad you agree. So anyway, uh, also also on tap, we're going to have a, a guest I'm looking forward to next week, next Sunday. ESPN's John Buchigras will be joining the program. Looking wow. forward to that. Do we yeah. get uh, do we get some free Bucci Challenge hats out of this? Buddy, I mean, he's coming on the show. Why are you getting greedy? I All mean, of us, you just... They're doing him a favor, giving him a platform. Wow, wow I love that. He works at this network I've never called. I've I think never they're heard called, of called the... the Espen? Espen, yes. And I hear they a do a world lot of leader in sports. I heard they do like a lot that. of basketball there. Yes, yes, they they do. But now they do hockey again, which is great. And John Bucci-Cross has always been waving the hockey flag for ESPN even prior to this new TV deal that the NHL made. So, I mean, I <laughs> I, I, uh, I remember watching him on NHL Tonight. I used to love the program, him, Barry Malrose. Dun, 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 dun. No, wait, that's baseball tonight. Nice. So yeah, John Butchergrass going to join the program. There you go. That's that was for like the actual games though. NHL no, no, tonight. No, they did that for NHL tonight did too. They? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And for a very brief period of time when NHL when 2K made NHL games, remember NHL 2K like, Those were the best ones. They, they were better than the EA games. They had the ESPN branding. Don't at me. Yeah, they did. ESPN I NHL 2K. Don't know if they were the best games. They were better than they the were EA fun. Games. I don't know if they were the best. I don't they know. They were better. I back then, I don't know. No, 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 no. The EA games back then were a joke. Ah, uh, uh, wait. No, 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 no. I think you're dead wrong. I no, I stand by it. I'm, and and I'm we can up. we can dedicate a show to this. No, no, sure. I'm looking up right now when the 2K series ran and when they ended. They had uh, the first two editions had Jeremy Roenick on the cover. NHL 2K 2K7. 2K that was probably 6, the last. No, 2K6 one. was the First one I'm looking here. No, no, no. They started in the way early 2000s, I'm telling you. On PlayStation 2, I remember this. Uh, NHL 2K did not reach and instead opted to break the focus. Well, NHL 2K2. He is mumbling through the Wikipedia page right now. All right, yeah, NHL 2K2 was the first Thank one. you. Also, but I would disagree. I thought NHL 2002, which I'm pretty sure had Mario Lemieux on it. It might have. Um, was better. The graphics nope. were better. I think the gameplay gameplay was, was better, what, much back. better. No, it was not. It was. No, it was not. It was absolutely not. I'd say I'd argue. All right, listeners. No, no, no. Hit I'd... us up on Twitter. Which was better, EA hockey or 2K hockey? 
I'd, I'd argue that I'm on the 2K train. I miss it. They got to bring it back. You need competition, man. You know, yeah, I mean, that's why Madden sucks. Right? And it's the same thing with NHL. They spit out the same game every year. Yeah. They update the rosters. They come up with some catchphrase for the next new feature, which they've always had. Right. It's just, now it's prime skating. <laughs> you know? Right. AI prime skate, whatever the hell it is. There, right? it's, it's all up. There are two yearly traditions that I loathe in hockey. One is the annual tradition where hockey fans have to say that the Stanley Cup is the greatest trophy in sports and, and this and that. And it is. Okay. Well, if you have to say it, Every year, is it really? <laughs> My second fav- tradition, yearly tradition, is the annual tweet from Andy Graziano when he complains that he paid sixty dollars to get <laughs> NHL whatever, it. and then uh, and then complains that it sucks. It sucked last year, Andy. Don't buy it. You didn't have to pay for it, or wait two months when it's thirty-five bucks. Yeah, wait for Black Friday or whatever get it, it is. I mean, geez, learn your lesson. I think the last one I actually outright purchased was like fifteen. I think that was the last 16 one. 16 was the last and one. And I barely I played it. I think it was the one with Tarasenko one. on the cover, I think. Yeah, I that's the last right. one I have. I think that was 16. Yeah, and it's. I'm pretty sure it's been the same game since. And sorry for you non-video game players out there that we've kind of went off on a tangent here. But, I mean, this it's it's hockey. It's important. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not sorry. Okay, that's good. Stand by it. That's good. But, but yeah, I mean, do some, bring 2K back. Get some competition in there. Bring 2K back. Yeah. What are you guys doing? I mean, seriously. I think they, they only make basketball now, right? Yeah, that's that, that they, game is killer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You're a big proponent of that? Yeah. Yeah. I liked NBA Live back in the day. That was NBA great, Sports. too. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Those were fun. Yeah, Those were a lot Nintendo. of fun. Oh, memory lane. Memory lane. NBA so, 2000, uh, what was it? NBA Live 2003, the one that had Tracy McGrady on the front of it? Oh, no. I'm Buddy, I'm talking like 94, oh, okay. 95, man. Yeah, I'm going way Yikes. back. Yeah, so so that's what's on tap, folks. A couple of games, the All Star Game, and John Bucci-Gras joining us next Sunday. It'd be great. We can and talk we think post. he'll be he'll be calling from Vegas, I or maybe mean, maybe he. I mean, be, if he's smart, he'll be he will be. Because why go straight before? home? Yeah, <laughs> why go straight home after All Star Weekend in Vegas? So, but either yeah. way, looking forward. To, I mean, hang hungover Bucci-Gras would be fun too. <laughs> why not? Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Though, looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and. That was What's on Tap. Yeah, it was. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels. <laughs> enough. Yes, American it was. Bar and Grill. Son of a bitch, you're right. That's right, folks. That's What's on Tap. You want to swing right into the Hero of the Week, buddy? Sure. What yeah, we think? got a couple questions, bro. We got so some questions, uh, bro. Let me just I look. Uh, you know what? Zach Parise still playing well. Two goals in his last four games. Four points in his last six games played. He's He's doing a good job. Yeah, I was gonna make my I was gonna make the joke I made on Twitter and say it's gonna be wild when he leads the Islanders to a Cup final, but I just don't believe that in my heart of hearts. Why don't you just go with it, man? Just feel it. You got to feel it. I can't. <laughs> I mean, it's it's nice to see him score. I mean, I think I you know as frustrated as, as the fans were to watch Zach Parisi play, I think there was no one more frustrated with the way Zach Parisi was playing than Zach Parisi. Right. Um. I mean, you could sense every time he was he was on the ice. You know, he wanted a goal. He was out there hustling. He worked hard. And that was sort of the knock that, like, you see Minnesota fans say, like, that's basically mm-hmm. what Zach Parise did for yeah. all of last year for them, um, which he kind of, which is part of why he fell out of favor with, with, you know, the coaching staff and getting time and playing time and all this stuff. But at the same time, it, it's frustrating to, to watch that and know that he's doing, he's trying. It's not as though he's bagging it. It's not as though he's throwing in the towel and just collecting his paycheck. He's he's here to win a cup. I mean, the, the, that's the frustrating thing, I think, for a lot of these guys, the Zidane Chars, the Zach Parisis. You know, they came here because they thought this team was the team that was going to win a cup. Yeah. And uh, it, it certainly hasn't hasn't 
gone that way to say the least but it's uh you know it's nice to see parisi putting up points and, and getting on the scoreboard and contributing he's playing hard and he's finally getting rewarded and I, i'm pretty sure i just pulled a little amarillo by saying the same thing same thing in three different phrases which he tends to do a lot when you hear the man speak enough i guess it kind of just rubs, rubs off, off, on, off on you yeah, yeah. it so, rubs off on you and then it, it touches you on, on your kneecap and then it rubs into your shoulder. You know, it's Look, just that's weird. none of my business. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> it rubs off on you. Uh, good luck with that. Folks, want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Hanging out with us here, of course, and always on your favorite podcast provider. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, it's time for the hero of the week. Woot woot. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer. And Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal, and now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the Mr. Ledecky with turkey, ham, provolone, lettuce, tomato, and mustard on fresh rye bread. Get it for half price all week starting tomorrow. That is Tuesday through next week, where we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop in, mention Hockey Night New York, for half-off the Mr. Ledecky. So with that out of the way, Christian Arnold, the pressure's on you. Who is your hero of the week? Well, my hero of the week is a gentleman by the name of Matthew Barzal. There he is. Who continues to be an offensive bright spot for the Islanders when they need it. A couple goals this week for the blue and orange. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's the same thing we kind of say about about Matthew Barzal's game every every time he's, he's chosen one of these. You know, he's an offensive threat. 
Um, you know, usually when the team is going, or usually when he's going, the team is kind of following in that direction. Uh, and he's put up a couple goals this week, so it's hard not to pick him, especially on a, especially on a rougher week like they've like they've had recently. Yeah, when you have only one win in the week, it's a little tough to pick your hero. But I was able to pick one as well, and his name we were just talking about him, Zach Parisi, got the game winner nice. against the Flyers. As I just said, he's been playing well. He's been busting his tail, and finally getting rewarded for it over this last stretch of games here. He's getting some points on the board. He's getting some assists as well as those goals. And look, he's he's kind of been the little engine that could for this team, I think, all season sugar, where, sugar, I mean, sugar. he he puts it all out there every game. And that's usually how we, we kind of talk about the fourth line. But as, as Alan Kreda earlier on the program has, has talked about, he, they haven't been as consistently the identity line that we've, we've come to know and love this year as, as maybe we would like. But I think Zach Parisi has been consistent all season in putting it all out there, busting his ass, and it's nice to finally see him getting some points on the board. And and look, for all these other guys that we talk about on this team, you know, struggling to score and, and find the back of the net, maybe the guy has himself a decent half season where you make you know, it makes you forget about some of those guys. Second half Zach Parisi. Second half Zach. Jumping on the bandwagon. Up. He needs to come up with a better nickname. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Back half Zach? No, that doesn't sound great either. Mm, yeah. not, not on board for that yeah. one. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out, though. But, yeah, look, he's a seasoned veteran. He has a lot of respect in the locker room and, and around the league, and, and maybe this is a guy that they can rally around and, and kind of use his, him as an example. They, they talk about how much he works off the ice, mm. including on the ice. And, look, maybe, again, this is a guy Wait, that Wait, what? Did I say in the ice? You on the ice is off the ice. You know what I meant to say. No, I said you, we all know how hard he works off the ice, including on the ice. Is that what I said? Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name's Sean Cuthbert. <laughs> Welcome to Hockey Night New York. What I meant to say was we know how hard he works on the ice as well, and we've heard a lot about how hard he works off the ice. That was wow. painful. Wow. That was tough. Yeah, that, that was tough. That's a much you know different sense no, than keep, the one you <laughs> Keep working on that second half nickname for him, all right? <laughs> Anyway, folks, there you have it. Your Hero of the Week nominees, Matt Barzell, Zach Parisi. There you have it. Stop on over to Blue Line Deli and Bagels. For Second half, half Zach attack? That's a lot. That's a mouthful. Yeah. yeah. Keep working, buddy. Keep thinking. Keep right. running those gears in your brain. I'm sorry. Restart that, uh, that promo for Blue Line. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hero of the Week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Half price hero this week, which is... The Mr. Ledecky, once again, with turkey, ham, provolone, lettuce, tomato, and mustard on fresh rye bread. Your heroes of the week. That sounds good. You think so? I mean, I'd lose Can I the, be honest? I'd lose, the, I'd lose the rye bread. I'd lose the rye bread, but that's maybe the only change I'd make. Listen, we, you, you know how much I love Donnie bagels and Blue Line Deli and bagels, but if there was a sandwich on the menu that I may not order, and this is just a personal preference, it might be that one. But, <laughs> but, but I'm sure it's enjoyable for people who like rye bread and lettuce and tomato and stuff. I don't, you know, it's not really my jam, you know? I'm still like a 12-year-old a in a 39-year-old's body, you know? I'm not a big veggie guy. We've, we've talked about that on the program before. Yes. But, you know, it is what it is. But great sandwich, I'm sure, for, for turkey. I like turkey and ham. Yeah. But, like, there's just a lot of stuff I would have to <laughs> take off. off of that sandwich. Yes. Including the bread. But we love it anyway. Yes, including the bread. Rice tough, man. Rice tough, man. I know. You just ask down Rice and tough. put it on something else. But you guys enjoy it. I want you guys to enjoy it. Get it half off. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Donnie's going to end the sponsorship um, oh, okay. after the show. Yeah, it's all my fault. Sorry, guys. All right. Moving on here on Hockey Night in New York. I think we covered. I mean, hey, Ross the Boss breakaway goal last night in a losing yeah. effort. 
I mean, that's something. Saw some. Pe- <laughs> that is something. That is a thing that happened last night. Hey, look, you gotta, you gotta, you know, reach for positives every now and then. Ross, <laughs> the boss, he gets in the lineup. Maybe to some people dismay. I don't know, but he gets in there. Breakaway. It was a nice goal. And I feel like we we always do this with Ross Johnson. He gets a goal. I'm like, hey, the guy can play. The guy makes yeah. plays. Things happen when he's on the ice. I mean, we do because we we do. Um, I I just. Feel free to disagree. It's, no, it's no, no. He, he does. He he has his moments and spurts when he's out there. He creates offensive opportunities at, at times, and yeah. obviously he knows how to throw the body around. I just, uh, you know, Ross Johnson scored a breakaway goal in a losing effort. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Don't we really don't, know what else to say to that. You know, has it been a while since we've really had an off the rails on, on Hockey Night in New York? It's been yeah, a little bit. This is maybe the closest we've come in a while. This? Really? And it's not even that close. We're on the rails. We're a little bit on the rails. I don't know. We're a lot I mean, on the rails. I don't know. If we're a lot on the rails. I think you're giving us a little more credit than we're, than we're due here. But, all right. We move on. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the games a little bit, too. Going down 2 nothing in all three games, trying to battle back. I mean, not much else you need, really need to say here. And, of course, another, another opponent with their first career goal against... Los Angeles on on Thursday that I oh what was, Eric Hornick put the number out there I think it was the 194th player to score their first goal their first NH goal in in NHL goal their in NH Island. goal I don't know what what's going on Nobson NH goal I, like I, I just I'm just trying to get through the words faster I don't NH know what to tell goal you. <laughs> oh Sean, I did goal. something stupid what did you do continue what did you do no nothing continue. so yeah Byfield with a with a laser to to nice. open that game up. In the first period, and uh, and then the Islanders lost that game. We know that, though. All right, so what do you say we move on to questions brewing? Well, I say you scroll up there and read some questions that are brewing. That's your job, buddy. That's your job. We know this. This has been established. Anybody who's been watching or listening to this program knows that you are the one. Is that the stupid thing that you did? Yeah, I refreshed my page. I lost the, all the questions. Why? Why would you do that? I just that? need you to scroll up on your page because you have you? it in, in your. Because I was check, checking something, and uh, you know I love it when you just you know bring your best game to the table here, Christian. We were doing great. It's so admirable. In fairness. We were speaking doing great. of off the rails. Unbelievable, man. I mean, it's one of the you, you know you do what's on tap and questions brewing, man. That's all I ask. <laughs> That's all I ask, and you can't even have some questions prepared for the for the segment here. All right, questions brewing from T Boyle thirteen with the Islanders. Being sellers at the deadline, who do you see moving at the deadline? That's a bold assumption itself to start with. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if we're we're certain that they're going to be sellers here, Tom. But I mean, and I think we've we've dove we've divin <laughs> dove into we've this previously. Dove, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's tough to say. I, I think I think this is a situation. Varlamov is is candidate number one. I would say. For sure, if if they're out of playoff contention, you think they try and move one of the vets to to like a, a cup contending team if they're in that position? Like, let's say like there's there's someone out there who's like, oh, I need a defenseman that is uh, is forty seven and wears thirty three. <clears throat> I am sure Lou would listen to that. <laughs> if he got that phone call, he would listen. And if he got offered enough, why wouldn't he? If they're out of, I mean, yes, uh, uh, absolutely. If if they're out of, if they're like officially officially out of contention by the trade deadline. And we'll we'll basically see after these West Coast swings. But joking aside, month. joking aside though, like maybe like a Zach Parisi, um, if there's a market. Yeah, for look him, the way he's or, been playing. Uh, look know, at the way he's been now, playing. Yeah, right. Um, at, at Josh Bailey, you know, th- those are I think the guys that T Boyle. To be honest, those are the guys you're looking at. Varlamov, I think Varlamov is definitely, is definitely is the top one. of the list when it comes yeah, to top of the list. 
Yeah, top of the list when it comes to being dealt. Yeah, that potential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Tom, I'm not ready to. I say don't know that. who put this wire here, but it's in my way. Yeah. Yeah, that's a you problem. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not ready to say the Islanders are sellers yet, and and I think they're going to stand pat until they really know where they're where they're at here. I don't think. I certainly don't. I don't Lou's not going to buy. At least I don't think he is. There's no reason to buy being this far out. We said that before on this program. I, I can't imagine he's going to buy unless like they go on a tear yeah. and get themselves back in, but. They, they'll sell if and when they get to the point where they've established themselves as sellers, but I don't think we're there yet, Tom. Now, did you... Oh, here we go. Questions brewing. Mel Armenia 22. Did I what? I was going to say, did you find any questions? Oh, did I, you do your job yet? I, I can't I'm doing your job Go now. back to where the questions were. Unbelievable. But it's nice of you to do, do something for one show. <laughs> right. Just <laughs> instead of just showing up and, and, and babbling and, and, and mincing words. Yeah, right. like <laughs> Nobson NH, and NH, NH goals. Whatever the hell that New is. New Hampshire goals. Question Bruin, commissioners, which events would you like to see at the NHL All-Star game? Like we're playing commissioner. What events do right. you want to see at the NHL All-Star right. game? Right. Well, I mean, I already I think I already said this previously. I enjoy the skills competition more than I enjoy the actual game itself. I think that's most All-Star games. I think I like the the uh, accuracy shooting the most. Really? I think that's my favorite. Interesting. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, the relay is kind of cool, some elements of it, you know, and you got one guy who's got to sh- pass the puck into right. the tiny net. <laughs> Another guy's got a dipsy doodle around the cones right, and stuff. Right, right, right. That's kind of fun. I like fastest skater. I like fastest. Yeah, I'm a fan of fastest. Some of the simpler ones. Really? You know, like the breakaway competition's cool, but like. You know, sometimes it gets a little over the top. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I, I love a goo- good, goofy, you know, attempt at the goal. Like, you remember Ovechkin with right, the flags. Right, right, and, right. You know, uh, you had Corey Perry with the mini sticker. They just showed that on NHL social Yarmy media Yager, the other day. Not Yarmir Yager. P.K. Subban dressing as Yarmir Yager. Right, right. That was a pretty Yeah, that stuff's fun. You know, but as far as, like, actual skills competition goes, I think I'm a I'm an accuracy and, and fastest skater guy. Nice. Hard shots a little fun too. That's that's a little fun. It is cool. Like I think of the of the non like breakaway challenge because mm-hmm. I think I mean that's the premier event. Like that's the home mm-hmm. run derby. That's the you know the slam dunk competition for for hockey and and you know they they mm-hmm. do a pretty good job mm-hmm. of making that fun and entertaining. Sure. Um. You know I think there's always room for more personality in the game and especially in those competitions like that. But I think hardest shot if I had to pick one is probably my. My favorite, uh, if I had to come up with a new skills competition to add into the to the mix, um, that's a good uh, one. Line changes? <laughs> Who can make the best <laughs> line change? That sounds that sounds very <laughs> hockey. That sounds terrible. The best uh, dump and chase? <laughs> yes. That'll be it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there could be some fun, obscure <laughs> events that we could come up with if we had some time. But it would be pretty funny if you just had the most like ridiculous <laughs> elements of the game. You know? I think I think it should be something that honors the host city, right? Like hmm. the blackjack thing. Um, I wonder, does this start a trend? But like, are you always going to have something in every city that kind of makes sense? Like Vegas is easy. Yeah, but right? like, think about like, what are you going to do in New York? Shoot pucks in an apple. Well, in Finston, Manhattan, you shoot pucks in an apple, or <laughs> you like have... apples instead of the targets for the yeah, accuracy right? shooting. Maybe. Yeah, sure, why not? Um, if it's if it's at UBS Arena, you know, have something that incorporates horse racing. Have the racing. players ride horses. Yes, around there the track. There we go. Yes, I like that. Mile stretch. <laughs> oh, I think it's a mile and a half. You've seen the fastest skater. Now see the fastest skater riding a horse. <laughs> <laughs> 
on the ice at UBS Arena. <laughs> that would be amazing. And also, also animal cruel. abuse. <laughs> yeah. Cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, not right? a great idea. Not a great idea. Um, or something involving bagels. Yeah, sure. Why not? Or, you know. The what? Bagel Boss Bagel Toss. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Long Island, so it'd be like who can get, who can bar hop the most bars in Rockville Center before getting completely obliterated. That kind of thing. I think, enough, I think there's enough NHL players that play that game already. <laughs> Long Beach, whatever. Name, name your Long Island town. Sure. Name any town in the U.S. Fight, or Canada, fight, the, uh, fight the drunken idiot at wow. 2 in the morning. You're really giving Long Island a bad name here. I mean, there's, there's better things than just that, you know. Uh, ride the Long Island Railroad <laughs> and get yelled at by, by the conductor <laughs> Wait, for no, not no. having your... T- who, who can get a, a com- the longest uh, train ride on the LIRR without getting <laughs> the conductor to get your ticket? Yes. Oh, that'd be a, that would be good. That would be that's good. That's a game you anyone, play, right? Any, yeah, that's that's a game you play on a Dude, yeah, basis. I just got off... I just went from Wanton to Manhattan, man. The guy didn't even get me, bro. <laughs> get to save my ticket for can next you get You've to, all done it. Can You've you all get, done it. Can you get from UBS Arena to Huntington... <laughs> Without showing your ticket to the conductor. And you're allowed to, like, jump two cars, right? Like, you, you, you can get, see the conductor and go, like, cars, a car yeah. or two down. and then and that, But that's it. If he gets you, he gets you. There we go. That, that, that's what we want to see. Mel Armenia. Off the rails. How can I, New York? Question Bruin from Mike4652Co. Is new H&I merch coming out? How about a new shirt with an I didn't understand the question quote? <laughs> why not why not we'll, we'll uh I like that we'll get the merch department working on that we'll throw it on the back that's a good idea yeah we should probably get some fresh merch nobson nobson needs to be put on a on has a, has nobson gained enough legs for a shirt i mean i love it don't get thomas me wrong. panic thomas panic it's, it's very it's very niche of a niche of a niche thing already you have but, hockey but then, then you have hockey night new york and see, then you have nobson but if you see someone wearing a nobson shirt or a thomas panic shirt like they get it you you guys are basically best friends at that point that's that would be legendary. That's a deep cut. Right if there's there. if there's enough demand, maybe maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll run off some knobs and shirts. Yeah. Maybe we'll run off, <laughs> run off some Thomas Panic shirts. Why not? We'll see. Mike, I like the idea. We'll, we'll see what we can do here. Let's see if we can find some more question brewing here. Uh, did you find anything, Christian? Question brewing. T-Boyle 13. Rattling off another one. Do you see Tampa challenging the Islanders 19 no. straight play- playoff series? No. no chance in hell. Thank you for the question. There was someone else. There was another question for me specifically. Something about James Harden. Was it a question brewing? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of looking for it. was a question brewing. All right. Well, I don't see it. I don't see it, man. I don't know. I don't see it. Um, but why would you even entertain? Oh, here it is. Question brewing for Christian. Can Harden play first line right wing from Mike4652Co? I, I don't know. You park him right in front of the net. I think he has a very good net front, net front presence. He's very tall. That helps. <laughs> right? Just have him sit there and just put the stick down and just try and deflect shots into the net. Doesn't need to skate. Just, just park it him would right be there. it would be a bold move. James he, Hart, he's a lot, he has a lot of injury history though, guys. You got to understand is that, this. right? Yeah, he's out. He's out. Uh, missed the last three games. Two games. Two games. How how's the Nets. the Nets coverage going, by the way, buddy? It's been great. It's yeah, been great. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for asking. That's very kind of you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, they I, too, like the Islanders, are in a bit of a funk right is now. Is that right? Yeah. I thought they were like one of the best teams in the league. Uh, they're sixth in the uh, in the Eastern Conference at the moment. So, okay. I mean, playoff positioning. Yeah. Uh, but they've lost. I think they don't have Kevin Durant. He's out with an MCL sprain. Uh, so he'll be, I think, the earliest he'll return. Kevin Durant is a big NBA superstar, part of the Brooklyn Nets big three. He's he's like the uh, he's like the John Tavares when the Islanders were in. Kevin Durant was like the John Tavares when the Islanders were in Brooklyn. Ah, I see, I see. We have a, a couple, of, another question here from T-Boyle13. When is your next viewing party? I believe that was also asked last week. 
Unfortunately, don't have anything solid yet. We're still working on it. We're trying to sneak something in. Oh, my God. Melamina, that'd be insane. Combine the NHL and the NBA All-Star game. Have them play each other in each sport. And you put them in a skills competition. I think that's a... Yeah, I think that's... that's, that's too, too fun? Yeah, probably. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. But, like, I mean, it's going to be a stalemate because... NHL will destroy the NBA players, and then the NBA players will destroy the, the NHL players. I mean, how do you how do you solve that? Just have them do a skills competition each. A skills competition each. Hmm. Or you throw them in one of the all, all, again, already existing skills competitions. No, you know what you would have to do. You would have to mix. That's what them. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like 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 not have NBA versus NHL. No, no, no. you'd, you'd have put to them together. In, ah, so maybe the Eastern Conference of right. each sport versus right, right, the Western right. Conference of each sport. I think we're on to something here. So Mel Armenia, 22. On to something here. You'd have, like, Matt Barzell. Sure. You'd have... Scotty Pippen. Scott, Kevin Durant. <laughs> and uh, you put one. You put the third NHLer. So maybe you put, like, you put, uh, you know, McDavid on that line or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. Hmm. Problem is, see, here's the thing, though. NHL players are still going to... They're going to be able to run around on a basketball court. Granted, they're not going to you know get any shots <laughs> not gonna <laughs> score at all but at least they'll be able to get up and down the court i'm not so sure it's going to be the case with the nba players no, no but i'm skates. not saying you're playing a game i'm saying you put them in a skills competition just skills yeah yeah because yeah. it's never going to be a fair fight that way okay okay it's a little bit more of a fair fight when you when you combine them but even still you doing it this is we're, we're completely in fantasy land here i love this i know but it's awesome it is kind of fun so but if you did the NBA players doing NHL skills, you'd still have to do like no, but they're like they're like street s- hockey instead of ice. You couldn't yeah, put them on the I ice. Think you, I think you could, but I don't. They don't necessarily. It depends on the. Would just stop abusing the equipment on the show. Depends on the depends on the skill part of the competition, right? Like there are certain things I think you can get away with without having to have them lace up skates. So you probably have the accuracy contest. Without having them lace up skates, it's, yeah. the, it's the same thing. Like it would, mm-hmm. you do like the three point contests for the NBA and the NHL. Like mm-hmm. you'd combine those teams. Yeah, accuracy, and then I want to <laughs> I want to get like the breakaway and the skills com- the slam dunk mm-hmm. competition in there. I'm just trying to yeah, figure. You no. probably have to lower the rim for the NHL players, <laughs> obviously, and. Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> coming up for a dunk on a seven foot hoop. That would be yeah. brutal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's literally twice his height, almost. Right? Ten foot rims, right? They have ten foot rims in the NBA, <laughs> right? It's ten feet. If I remember right. Yeah, it's not gonna go over well. I mean, in theory, I mean it, it sounded fun at first, but the logistics probably just it just wouldn't work. But I that was fun. Work. That was fun. I think it would work. Well, oh, I like that you have the hope. You know what? Send it send an email to both commissioners and you know, you can CC Bill Daly. Right. And, <laughs> and see what they say. You never know. Out of the box thinking. I love it. Yeah. Okay, well, that was another edition of... Wait, 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 What do you got here? Oh, you're doing your job now? Nope, nope, never mind. Great. It was T-Boy's question. That we already had? Yeah. Okay, okay. So you weren't just dismissing another question from him. It was one we already addressed. It was the Tampa Bay one. Gotcha. Well, folks, that was another fun edition of Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company and their delicious pumpkin ale in season, fall, winter. Fantastic. You never had a pumpkin ale in the winter? Don't don't make that no, face. I well, I have. You know what? I'm going to have one this weekend. How about that? How about that? Well, I watched the All-Star Skills Competition. Okay. Oyster Bay Brewing Pumpkin Ale. Nice. Okay. I'll send you guys a picture. 
<laughs> I mean, a big, honestly, Oyster Bay Brewing is probably the pumpkin beer. Their pumpkin is probably my favorite of all the pumpkins. Oh, yeah? No, I mean, it's great. It's great. I mean, I'm also, I still love Barn Rocker, man. I mean, they hit it out of oh, the park yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just meant talking stri- and strictly pumpkin. They got some new merch, man. Have you seen it? I Up have. It looks really nice. It does look really nice. I would nice. love to have a Might shirt. have to talk to our friends over at Oyster Bay. See if we can get our hands on some merch. I'm not saying, but I'm saying, you know. Like, they got some nice hoodies, some nice t-shirts. Looks it looks nice. good. Yeah. It looks nice. Yeah. I'd love well to have Well done, Oyster Bay. So there you have it. And I think we can wrap, man. Another long one. A lot of marathons lately here at Hockey Night in New York. But that just means we're having fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know what that face was, but yes, we are. Okay. Well, it made you laugh. Well, folks, I think... <laughs> you did. You did. You did. Yeah. Well, folks, cue the music. I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY and your favorite podcast providers. A big, big thanks to Alan Kreda of New York Times for joining us. And, of course, a huge thanks to all our sponsors being presented by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the aisles when you can't make it to the game. And don't just go for the aisles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late-night bar scene. They have it all. A huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. And, of course, their brand location in East Islip and Belmont UBS Arena. They're an official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. A huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TaiTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Three free months of service. Big thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise that we were just talking about at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York and get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. Once again, thank you all for tuning in live and tuning in later on the show. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite pod providers. Follow us on Twitch. Tell your friends and your family and your strangers. Spread the word. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold 01 on Twitter. Follow myself on Twitter at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My name is Sean Cuthbert. He's Christian Arnold. That's true. We've been Hockey Night New York. We will see you next week after All-Star Weekend with John Bucci-Gross of ESPN. Have a great rest of your Monday night. Bye.